The Big Show with Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. show jake scott with you broadcasting live from our zone studios here at vivin arena lloyd cole producing today across the glass from me thank you very much for making us a part of your day we have a very busy day on the big show of course we have a jazz game to talk about uh jazz looked very good against the pelicans last night here at vivin arena so we certainly get into that the hilariously awkward tale of ben simmons from yesterday. We have to dive into that a little bit. A number of uh, very good NBA topics uh, to be talked about. Of course, uh, we're going to talk college football today. We're going to be joined by a couple of players. We're going to hear from Mason Wake for Wake's Takes. That's coming up at the top of the 4 o'clock hour. And uh, Cole Fotheringham is going to be on with us at 5.30. And uh, coming up probably, uh, Lloyd, what time do you want to hear from Coach Witt at 4.30? Correct. And uh, maybe we'll hear from Kalani Satake at 3.30, because we did not hear from Coach yesterday. So we're jam-packed. Oh, and the one and only David James is going to be on the show at the top 3 o'clock hour, of course, of DJ and PK fame. You might have seen him on Channel 2, on Talking Sports. It's a really big program around these parts, Lloyd, just in case you didn't know. David James, Dave Fox, and Adam Mikulich bringing you the latest and greatest in the world of sports. That, David James, is going to be on with us at the top of the 3 o'clock hour, and he is very nice to do so. So we will uh, dive into the Jazz game. We've got lots of college football. There's uh, a lot of topics to get to. Uh, Kyrie Irving, uh, certainly there was a significant advancement in that story today. John Gruden is out as uh, the Raiders coach. uh, That began to break loose toward the end of the show yesterday as the New York Times published more leaked emails, and uh, John Gruden resigned, released a statement, and uh, he's gone. It'll be interesting, I guess, to see where he goes from here, if he tries to salvage his career, if he just disappears. I personally uh, think he... uh, (laughs) uh, See, I think it should go back and forth with the the dirt game, and he just gets real chippy and releases what he knows and uh, really tries to take people down with him. Just kidding. Not not rooting for that, but where John Gruden goes from here will be fascinating to see. It, Lloyd, am I the only one? I, and I'm not because I've seen in, uh, some of this online. But but are you wondering stuff like why is this the only thing that's come out of the Washington Football Team investigation, and why leak now, and who is doing the leaking? Yes, I am very interested uh, in why that's happening now, and. There's no way John Gruden is the only one that's uh, involved in on these emails. Yeah. So I yeah. want to know on these other ones. Mr. Uh, Dan Snyder, what are you up to? Yeah, but see, those those 
owner, the, he's part of the ownership group in the NFL, who also probably have skeletons in their closet that they wouldn't really be wild about being investigated. And so I am sure, but the thing is, because if there's if there's some Dan Snyder stuff that's uh, similar, any in this in this area or whatever, he gone. Well, that team's being sold. I don't know. I don't know if that happens in the NFL, Lloyd. That's why this is so intriguing. Yeah, well, I mean. Well, the NFL Players Association is now demanding to see more. Good for them. I hope, yes. you know what? I hope more comes of that. Yeah. I they're demanding do. to see what else yeah. is, what, what else is there? Well, there, there, there's blood in the water there. But the NFL, what is, I mean, this is, you know, this is tyranny. This isn't democracy. This is the NFL. They don't just, you know comply because the no, players association no. is complaining in fact usually they dig in their heels and do the opposite but i hope i hope we do find out more of this investigation but i i did notice that like okay all right you know gruden is i wasn't really surprised you know uh, an old salty football coach uses some aggressive language that uh, is probably not really tolerable that that wasn't a real shock to me you know, I put. You know, I hope the also the the uh, the reporters, uh, the writers of the NFL, are digging, are digging, digging. They should, they should take pride in this because there's a there is a there is a lot. This is only the but, tip of the iceberg. But see, that's that's the thing though is is the fact that just this was leaked tells me this isn't some like. Uh, executive assistant right. who who feels like there uh, there was some wrongdoing on John Gruden's behalf, and I I have got to uh, so I can sleep at night. I have got to get this information out into the public realm. No, it's just an itty bitty part of it. So that tells me somebody wanted it to come out, and uh, for some reason this seems to be the timing. I'd I'd love to get the full story, but I'm guessing we never do. And uh, after this leaves the news cycle, I'm guessing we don't hear anything about the uh, the investigation for quite some time, if at all. Well, I hope that's not the case. Well, I mean, Washington fired everybody and everything's yeah. fine. Everything's A-OK. No more need to look, please. And if you do find anything, we're going to go ahead and keep a nice tidy lid on that. Unless it serves our purpose at some point in time. Which and, it is right now. <laughs> which and by case, the way, and I mentioned this to Hans and Scotty earlier, uh, like, I mean, John Gruden is like, he's gone, gone. Like, there will not be any, any, uh, hey, I'm going to be on the broadcast now. No. Like, he is. Yeah, scorched earth gone. He yeah, is right. gone. <laughs> but he also is, is, has made a mountain of money and can afford to, to really. Oh, he made. Uh, so, God, how many years has he been with the Raiders now? See, in this, I don't even know how many years it's well, been. It feels was, like it's been a long time. It was a $100 million deal, a 10-year, $100 million yeah. deal. And he was probably making more than that at ESPN. Yes, probably. So, he's fine. No, I'm not I'm not worried about his I'm not worried his about our no, guy, No, he'll be John. fine. He'll be okay. But I'm just letting it be known. Like, he's like, there is no, I mean, you are just out there. There's no more... John Gruden breaking down the film with a quarterback. I mean, that stuff's all yeah, gone. It's gone. See you later. Yeah. That's what I'm telling you. Somebody wanted to burn Gruden. and We're yeah. not even going to see our guy Caliendo probably even doing any more Gruden stuff. Well, I, have, I haven't seen our guy Caliendo in quite some time. Is he still uh, he's still He still does. It was, well, he was still doing little 
pop-ins with Gruden type stuff or whatever funny little things. Okay, so I found I find him enormously funny. I've met him a couple of times because he used to when uh, right. he'd come do Wise Guys yep. with our guy Keith Stubbs. He'd come come, come around the and, studios, and do a spot yep. on the sports because you know a big part of his bit is right. uh, is sports and. Uh, always found it funny. Then he got his big TV show on TBS. Do you remember that? And it was terrible. It was so bad. I just thought, oh man, how? Just goes to show you, I guess, surround yourself with good people when it comes to like producers and stuff that actually know what's funny. Right. But it, I was like, man, I've laughed so hard at this guy when he's just sitting in the studio that like my my stomach hurt. You know, he was so funny. And I can't wait to tune into the show. And it's like, oh. What did you do? What happened? <laughs> what happened? What did you do to Frank Caliendo, TBS? Because he was hilarious. Um, all right. Well, anyway, there's the there's the Gruden the Gruden stuff, I suppose. The Raiders, meanwhile, are now going to be looking for a new head coach, Lloyd. Yeah, our uh, our Raiders are. Uh, it's going to be. Be a tough year, I think. Just you know. think, like five minutes ago, they were what three and zero. They were three and zero. Yeah, the three and two are just like, oh no, what's going on? Cars out there slinging it. It's yeah. like, hey, this is a new team. Thanking the good Lord. Woo! Yeah, not so fast. It can change quickly. There, there's been a lot of like random coach drama in the NFL these days. You know who's having a good day today? Urban Meyer, because <laughs> the limelight is off of him right now. The spotlight. Urban's like, okay. Thank you, John. Oh man, now I can now I can go lose some more football games in peace. That news has already been forgotten. Thank you, John. Urb, okay, as long as we're talking about Urban, have you seen the the latest what his comment was about how he wants to be a balanced team? Did you did you see this, Lloyd? No. Uh, Urban Meyer said yesterday uh, that he likes the team's offensive identity right now. Adds that he wants two fifty by two fifty. Meaning 250 yards rushing and 250 yards passing. Well, that would be nice. You know, I, I suppose passing for 250 yards a game is, is probably in the cards, but there's never been an NFL team ever that's run for 250 yards a game. In fact, right. not even close. Hence why I said that, well, that, that would be nice. It'd be good if I guess if you could do that, like at will. They'd be like, you know what? We're going to do this. 250, 250. We're going to have 500 of total, at least. How about this, Lloyd? You ready? The Baltimore Ravens set the NFL record for rushing yards by a team with 3,296. This was in 2019. That works out to 206 yards per game, or 44 yards per game short of Meyer's goal. So he needs to run these numbers by, by his statistician. See, but is it... Is he just overemphasizing, like, we're going to be balanced? Yes, and, he is. And, right. So is, is it not fair to take him literally? Yeah, I guess it's not. Urban, Urban he is uh, he's something special. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's going on with him. The, the other story this week was, uh, was uh, I can't remember the language. Trevor Lawrence was asked if they were, panicked isn't the right word, but like, what was it? I'll have to. You think he's at okay? Is but, he at but, a point right now where he just like he's like, oh man, I want out so bad. Well, like, he doesn't want to be doing this anymore. Like as far as coaching in the NFL anymore. Yeah, but he's got he's got an ego, Lloyd. Yeah, no, need, I uh, gotcha. I have you, but eventually something's got to step in. And be like, okay, you're not going to turn this team around. There's, I don't care what you say. I don't care how rah rah you are. You're not turning this team around. 
All right. <laughs> here's uh, here's the these quotes from Trevor Lawrence at Urban Meyer. Lloyd, you ready for these real quick here? This is Trevor Lawrence. We don't really talk about that. He was asked about their current losing streak going back, uh, I don't know, what are they lost, like 19 games in a row or something? Uh, he said, quote, we don't really talk about that. I don't think that's good to talk about that. You can't get desperate. You've got to ch- uh, just keep going to work. We're going to win some games. We're going to turn it around. And we all thought today was the day we were going to get that first win, and it wasn't. That's what... Uh, Trevor Lawrence said, okay? Uh, specifically, you can't get desperate. Here's what Urban Meyer said. Pretty desperate. <laughs> desperate for a win. The way they go to work each day, each week, desperate for a win. You can't worry about the past. You worry about the future. We've got to try to get a win. But yeah, they're desperate for a win. <laughs> Those guys aren't on the same page. <laughs> it reminds me of the... Of the uh, Rick James skit we played the other day. I did not put my feet on his couch. I put my feet on his couch. We can't be desperate. We can't play like a desperate team. Let's go to Urban Meyer for comment. Oh, man, we're desperate. We're so desperate. I need to win so bad. I need to win so badly. So desperate. Somebody just tell Urban Meyer that desperation is a stinky cologne, Lloyd. I've heard that. I've heard that from you a couple times. Desperation is a stinky cologne. We're desperate for a win. How about Whatever that? It takes. The rookie quarterback has more what uh, calm and like rational demeanor than the head coach. That's not how it's supposed to be. No. <laughs> the rookie head co- the rookie quarterback is calming down the head coach. That's got to be a red flag, right? Anyway, Urban, we're desperate. <laughs> Trevor Lawrence, you can't be desperate. Just kind of keep plugging away. Oh, we're desperate. He's not making it through the season. No. Way. He's not making I don't it through think the so. season. But There's no I, way. It, well, because he's going to lose every game. Yes. Yeah. But there is going to be there's going to be a change. He's gone. Mm. There's no way. Uh, let's uh, Should we dive into the Jazz real quick, Lloyd? Let's go ahead and do that. We'll dive into the Jazz. Let's talk about last night's game. Let's get to it. Ingles retreats back out, seven on the clock, finds Forrest, left-hand drive, cross-court pass, Clarkson for three, good, what a pass. That was not a routine pass. Donovan guarded by his Brewster Academy teammate, Graham, works him to the left side, steps back for a nifty three and nails it. They call it a two, that was pretty special. Don, behind the back dribble, stepping back on the left foot and scoring. That's a new move. Behind the back, in the lane, pushing back off the left foot to create some extra space and scoring. Whiteside rebounds, kicks to Pascal. Hughes is open for three, but gives to Clarkson instead in the corner for three, and he hits. All right, uh, split story of the day brought to you by Sound Sleep Medical. Do you snore at night, or are you currently using a CPAP machine to treat sleep apnea? Sound Sleep Medical can improve your life. Visit soundsleepmedical.com. Uh, Jazz win last night, 127-96 to 96 over the Pelicans. And uh, it was Rudy Gobert's preseason debut. And, man, was it uh, an unneeded reminder of exactly how special that he is. 19-19 and 19 in just 24 minutes. 19 points, 19 rebounds. He had two steals, two blocks, and even had uh, – or, excuse me, one steal, two blocks, and even had two assists. And it was just Rudy out there. And, and Tim and I talked about it on the postgame. It's not like Rudy had a big game – uh, against uh, you know some rookie or second round pick or the uh, you know free agent or something. It was Jonas Valanciunas who played 25 minutes and was uh, 
Get this, Lloyd. Brace yourself. Minus 32, Jonas Valanciunas, while Rudy Gobert, meanwhile, was a plus 37 for the game. So, so is that bad and is that good? No, that's pretty good. That's okay, pre- that's pretty. Good. That's pretty good. That means you. You. What about Valanciunas? We're on top of your game. Not so good. Okay, no, that's, that's what I was wondering. Okay. That's why I said, is that bad? Because you went with him first, and I said, is the other part is yeah, that right. good? Uh, yeah, yeah. The Rudy part good. The Valanciunas gotcha. part. The, that okay. part not not so good. And I think Rudy is a far better player than Valanciunas. But but remember back when he was in Memphis in the battle in the playoffs last year. I mean. It, you know, Jonas is no slouch, and uh, he can also shoot it, so he can get Rudy out onto the floor and in space, and no problem whatsoever for Rudy Gobert, who was just fantastic. But really, the the team as a whole, and we saw most of the rotation guys play most of the game. Um, the team as a, as a whole played really hard and looked like they were uh, mostly on the same page. And, you know, there was one play where Donovan Mitchell hit Rudy Gobert on the pick and roll, and Rudy stepped right beside his guy and went and finished. And it's 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 that store, sort of stuff which are going to make the Jazz successful. Donovan put the pass exactly where it needed to be. Rudy was aggressive and went right to the basket. And they got to have trust in each other that they're going to to get the job done and that goes for obviously the entire team but they, that that was apparent last night and you know the Jazz when they were in midseason form last year and were winning all of those games as just dump trucking teams it was all that stuff that was working true the Jazz were, were healthy and everybody was playing but everything was working everything was clicking and uh, the spacing was right and the the, ro- the you know the rotational players are all know their role and really exceeded. Not that uh, the Jazz were uh, perfect last night by any means. Hassan Whiteside still uh, is is apparently going to take some time to get adjusted to his new role and his new way of playing uh, in a similar fashion as Rudy Gobert. And uh, the, you know uh, weren't able to see Jared Butler who missed the game because he had a non-COVID related illness. But Jordan Clarkson. Looked his Jordan Clarkson-y self uh, managing to get up 12 shots in 18 minutes, which is always impressive. But he had 17 points and uh, was out there doing a lot of Jordan Clarkson things. We, we heard the highlight coming in with David Locke where Donovan Mitchell broke out uh, a new move, or so it would seem. A little push off the left to get some space, step back shot, which has got to take... Uh, um, a lot of practice, Lloyd, because it didn't exactly look like the most natural motion. But boy, if he could make that into a weapon, that would certainly be effective. And then I thought uh, something really ha- interesting happened during the post game. We heard from Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert, and we heard from him back to back. And Donovan talked about his defensive game and his defensive potential, and it was it was really insightful. To he believes that he's capable of of making more of a defensive impact, which I, is an opinion that I share. And then Rudy uh, came out and he said, and, and Donovan, by the way, let's let's start off by saying he was really good defensively last night. Uh, Donovan had three blocks and four steals. He had a block and a steal on the same possession and then started a fast break. I mean, it, he, Donovan was really good. And and Rudy essentially came out in the postgame and said, you know, Donovan Mitchell has so much potential on the defensive end and then said that's exactly what we saw in tonight's game. You saw what he's capable of defensively. And I thought it was um, – I, I thought it was really interesting to hear both of their their comments because 
they're they're both in agreement that Donovan is capable of being a really impactful defensive player, and that Rudy Rudy has an opinion on that. You know, like Rudy wasn't being Rudy was being very complimentary to Donovan Mitchell, but at the same time being very honest, saying like I, I work with this guy every day, and I see his capability, see how athletic he is. He's long, and boy, is he capable of being a good defender. You know, and and sometimes I, I I would guess that players can take things like that personally. Like, what are you saying? I have potential to be better, but it's it's really true. And to juxtapose that with uh, Donovan himself saying in the previous interview that yes, I'm capable of more, and I'm going to go out and get it. I, I thought was really interesting. It was a really fascinating uh, post game because of of those comments. And I I think if Donovan can be that guy that can guard the other team's best player for chunks of the game and do it effectively, I think that's a, a need on this team. Uh, Royce O'Neal is gets that assignment and and certainly does his best and should be commended. Nobody guards the other team's best player more than Royce O'Neal. And it seems like whether it's uh, Damian Lillard or Giannis, uh, O'Neal gets the the assignment and and really battles, and that's why he's on this team, and and that's what uh, what he's here to do. But I'll tell you, if Donovan could could really turn himself into an effective defensive player and transition into being, you know, one of the elite two way players in the NBA, man, would that mean a lot for this Jazz team? That would mean that would mean a lot because he's obviously already one of the most gifted offensive players in the league. And we just saw that. We saw what he'd been working on, that move. We've seen all the effort that goes into it. And so just to um, improve it a little bit, yeah. Like would really help. I think it would go a long way. It didn't make a huge difference. And and partially because the Jazz are small. Uh, small in that guard line where Donovan and Mike Conley are both six one, so that you know Mike Conley and at his age is somewhat limited into what assignments that uh, that he can be given. And Donovan, it's always been expected that he's he has that length and could guard, you know, above his weight, so to speak. And I still I still believe in that uh, in that concept or or certainly. Uh, in that idea. So uh, we'll talk more jazz basketball uh, throughout the show. So stay tuned. Bowler is going to be on the show at the top of the five o'clock hour. Always excited to talk to the great Craig Bowler Jack. So make sure and stay tuned for that. We've got a lot of college football on tap for today as well. But hanging out with me in studio, the good folks from Smart Rain and Rob is uh, Rob and Chase. Let's get both of you on for the first one. Let's uh, let's have a chat. Uh, Rob and Chase are in here from Smart Rain, and first of all, it's great to see you guys. You're so excited to have you uh, in studio and have you on the show again. It's awesome. Yeah, thanks. We always love coming on. It's a lot of fun. Well, you guys are the are the best, and I I truly we were talking before the show. I think you guys have a, a great product, and and the concept is is really amazing. It can make you know a big difference. You know, a, a lot of times the the best solutions to problems are the ones that do some good and benefit the ones that that do it. You know, right? Yeah. It sounds like well, we're going to do some good and save some water, but yeah, I'm kind of selfish and like to save some money too, and frankly improve the experience. I think it's really cool what you guys do. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and that is the goal. I mean, we want to do something good first and foremost. And when we're talking about it, we're talking about the drought and everybody's been talking about the drought. And the reality is it's not going away anytime soon. No, There's more people coming and there's less water coming. Um, even with winter coming and right. snow coming, we're still going to have to really find a way to conserve. So our number one message really to everyone is let's save water together and let's find a way to do it. Yeah, I heard uh, that uh, that we could have like a record-breaking snow year, and it hardly make a dent. And yes. and you make the, the the point about growing. I mean, <laughs> this is going to be an issue for for time to come. Oh yeah, I mean, our friends at the DNR did a, a lesson with us, and 
four years, four years of above average years wouldn't even get us back to where we were. And that's even above average four years in a row, which hardly ever happens. So we know that there's a need out there. There's going to be a need out there forever. And the great thing is, as you mentioned, it's a need that pays itself back. So right. Not only are we actually doing some good, but we are saving money while we're doing it. Mm-hmm. Well, Chase, we let's talk about that angle of it for a second because I know all of us. I saw some this weekend. We drive around and it's in, in it's raining, and yet you see those sprinklers going, and you think like, well, that's wasting water, but it's also wasting money. Yeah, you know, our controller, you know, that we've implemented on properties save anywhere from thirty to fifty percent on water costs. You know, and you know, regardless of of winter coming or not, you know, twenty twenty two budget planning is right around the corner. And, you know, budgets are coming available. So, you know, we're working with a lot of different properties throughout Utah, helping, you know, implement our controller throughout throughout Utah now. And, uh, you know, we're doing some pretty great end-of-season sales, and we've obviously got a great team, um, you know, to help support those properties that do implement our, our control on their property. And, Rob, these uh, you're going to save money, but also this is going to help people who are managing properties out there do it more efficiently, and it's easier. Absolutely. I mean, that was that was the whole design. We can do water management with anybody. Because there's companies out there that's all they, that's all they do is they go to different industry, different buildings, and they w- manage their water. Right. So people pay for an entire company to do it, and we have a controller that allows any property maintenance worker or landscaper become a water management professional. So we're there to make anybody a water management professional. So no longer do you need that guy driving around <laughs> the truck with the key thing, right? Where you go to turn the sprinklers on. That's a little. It, there's been technological advancements since Hope, then. Is yeah, what hopefully you're that's me. not what okay. you're using. Yeah, that's, right, that's If good. you are, call us now. Yeah, <laughs> pick up the phone immediately. All right, here's the number to call. All right, eight seven seven three four six. 3333. That's 877-346-3333. Or you can go to smartrain.net. I know you guys have a great website, and it's it's really helpful. So folks can get started there, smartrain.net. That's Rob and Chase from Smart Rain. Thanks, guys. Uh, looking forward to having you aboard today. Thank you. Thank you. All right. We'll have more on The Big Show coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is DJ and PK. Lincoln Kennedy, Raider Radio Analyst. I'm honestly still trying to process what I found out in the last 48 hours. Yesterday, the rest of the emails that were shared were between Bruce Allen and John Gruden. It's been a little overwhelming. I worked for both of these guys. Bruce Allen was the team president when I was playing at the Raiders, and John Gruden was a coach. Never once did I see an inkling of the information that I got from the emails or heard about over the last couple of days. So this is all surprising to me. In this day and climate, you can't have that. You can't tolerate that. So was really surprised last night when the news came down from Mark Davis and the Raiders that they're letting him go. But at the same point, understanding why they had to let him go. Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 till 10 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Show Jake Scott with you, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. A couple of NBA stories I want to get to real quick. Don't forget David James will be on the show at the top of the 3 o'clock hour. Mason Wake, top of the 4 o'clock hour. Bowler at 5 and Cole Fotheringham at 5.30. So we're very busy today. Um, Lloyd, I'm not sure how closely you followed the Ben Simmons story yesterday. Um, 
But there were some reports out there that Rich Paul has been talking to Daryl Morey and they're figuring out how to get Ben Simmons back into the building, basically mm, figuring out how to tape it together until the Sixers can find adequate compensation for That should Simmons. go smoothly. That sh- there shouldn't be any awkwardness whatsoever. So I don't know what those conversations were like, but <clears throat> my favorite part of the story yesterday was that Ben Simmons showed up unannounced for the game. So nobody in the organization had any idea that he was going to be there. And then all of a sudden he showed up for his COVID test and they were like, oh, oh, okay. Hello. Good to see you again. You're back. You said some some things about not wanting to be here, but you're here. Uh, hi. In fact, Doc Rivers made some comments after the game where he said, maybe I should uh, – Call Woj to find out exactly what's going on, which was kind of funny. Because uh, apparently communication between the two parties, not terrific uh, leading up to this whole thing. And really, it's it's a mess. I don't I don't know how you bring him how if you're a teammate, how he comes back into the locker room. I guess, you know, you look at the bigger picture and you want to win ball games and. The more valuable Ben Simmons is, the better it is, because then the quicker he's going to be off the roster and you can figure out exactly who's going to be on the roster. But he just showed up unannounced like, hey, guys, what's up? How was your offseason? Good to see you. Keep talking about the, like, like obviously you need to get more value out of him. But the, the, there still is one problem. He's going to lose you ball games Because he's not good. Because yeah. he's exactly. So in the end, he's still going to lose you game. He's still going to lose you games. Yeah. He is. Because what are they going to do when you get to the postseason again? They're going to foul him. They're going to dare, dare him to shoot yeah. three. Like, he's still a, pro- a problem. He still has issues with his him, game. They dared him to shoot layups yes. in the playoffs. And exactly. Like, oh, and he I'm wouldn't even do that. Because he didn't want to get fouled. And he didn't want to go to the line. Like, there's a problem there. You know what? Philly's the wrong market for him, too, because they're so brutal. Those fans are so brutal. Like, so he can't he go there. He can't wanna... go to New York. No, but if you come out and say I want I would rather play on any other team in the league than this team, which Ben Simmons did. I'd rather play for the Kings than the Philadelphia 76ers. I don't know how you go back from that. Hey guys. Oh, hey guys. What's up? Go any place fun? The offseason house camp been. <laughs> Uh, and I don't know. I mean, I don't know what Philadelphia is considering equal value, but my guess is you ain't going to get it. So you might as well just rip the Band-Aid off. That's what I think. But apparently Daryl Morey uh, didn't enjoy his experience enough when he tried to do this with James Harden last year that he wanted to do it again with a different player. Ironically enough, uh, well, a player that was at one point considered for uh, to James Harden trade, right? And I think Daryl Morey said no to that one. Anyway, what an ugly situation in uh, in uh, Philadelphia. A lot of people out there online comparing it to George Costanza going back to a job he quit and just pretending like he didn't, which I found pretty hilarious. It's a pretty apt comparison. Just ignore all that water that went under the bridge this uh, this summer. Hey, hey, what are we going to run tonight? What kind of action are you looking for? I'll tell you what, just put them down in the, by the boiler. Well, should we still pay him? No, it'll take care of itself. Go office space on it. Do you think somebody like? Uh, let me put it this way: Do you think he automatically went to the bottom of the totem pole when it came to selecting lockers? 
Does he have the locker? Is his locker now by the John? You know, does he get the locker that nobody else wanted? And he should lose his. Uh, he should lose his uh, his number too. He should lose all of it. Uh, all priority. Yes. Yeah. You no longer. You said you wanted to play anywhere else, but here you are no longer uh, anywhere on the priority chart. There, Ben Simmons. Uh, let's get. We'll get to the Kyrie Irving thing coming up around the corner because that honestly might be the most impactful story on who is going to win the NBA championship this year. So we'll get into that. The the Nets made an announcement today. We'll tell you what that is and really the interesting spot that both the Nets and Kyrie Irving are in. We'll get to that coming up next. David James, top three o'clock hour. Stay tuned. Big Show, ninety-seven-five and twelve eighty. The Zone. For the Utes and the Zone Sports Network is getting you ready for kickoff. The Utes return to Rice-Eccles Stadium for a big Pac-12 showdown against Arizona State as the Utes hope to keep their dreams of a Pac-12 title alive. Listen all week for your chance to win tickets to the game and then catch the Ute pregame show Saturday at 7 with the postgame show immediately following the game. From Monday morning to the postgame press conference. Nobody brings you better coverage of youth football. You ready? Yeah! The 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Do you have the time to listen to me whine about nothing and everything all at once? I am one of those melodramatic fools. Neurotic to the bone, no doubt about it. Sometimes I give myself. Big show, Jake Scott with you, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Band of the day today is Green Day, selected by our guy Chase from Smart Rain. Brought to you by Live Nation Concerts for the latest tour news and artist insight. Go to LiveNation.com. Lloyd, uh, the Nets have made a decision about how they are going to handle their situation involving Kyrie Irving. Of course, Kyrie Irving is uh, hesitant to get the COVID-19 vaccine. They're going to cave, aren't they? He should just go to coronavirus.utah.gov. Yes. But they're going to cave. They're going to give in to a, to a star player, aren't they? Apparently not. You know, honestly, I don't know how the Nets could get in, give in because it's the law. I know. <laughs> you know, it's the law. They're I in know. New York City. There's nothing that they can do. Uh, and so they were put in a difficult position. I mean, I don't know Kyrie Irving's reasons for being so adamant and not, about not getting the vaccine. I honestly have no idea. But obviously, he's dug in and passionate about it. So the rubber is meeting the road. Because what are you going to do? You're going to miss one of your key players for half the season? Uh so this is what the, this is the statement the Nets released today. Given the evolving nature of the situation, and after a thorough deliberation, we have decided Kyrie Irving will not play or practice with the team until he is eligible to be a full participant. Kyrie has made a personal choice, and we respect his individual right to choose. Currently, the choice restricts his ability to be a full-time member of the team. We will not permit any member of our team to participate without part-time. Uh, excuse me, participate with part-time availability. It is important that we continue to build chemistry as a team and remain true to our long-established values of toughness and sacrifice. 
Our championship goals for the season have not changed, and to achieve these goals, each member of our organization must pull in the same direction. We are excited for the start of the season and look forward to a successful campaign that will make the borough of Brooklyn proud. Unquote. Honestly, this is all the Nets really could do. They didn't they didn't have much of a choice. The law is the law. They can't relocate overnight for a player. You can't just have a player part-time there. It's just not going to work. So this, in my opinion, Lloyd, is just one last nudge to Kyrie Irving that's like, you better do it because they got to trade him if they don't or if he doesn't, right? They, I think so anyway. I mean, maybe they would sit on a player like that for the entire season, I, I guess. But I would think you got to move him. And he's got to want to be moved. Well, you know, that and, you know, according to Stephen A. Smith, uh, his source is telling him Durant's all, all is good with it. Well, as of course. We discussed. Now, now uh, Sean Marks uh, did talk about he was asked that question if if Kevin Durant and James Harden signed off, and he said everybody in the building was aware, but the decision ultimately fell to Sean and to the owner, which I guess is true, but that's really dodging the question there. Right. I mean, they had to talk to their guys, you know. And honestly, it wouldn't surprise me if, if James Harden and Kevin Durant were a little bent about it because – Whatever Kyrie Irving is doing, it's not prioritizing the team. And I, I think that everybody can relate to a, a certain point because there are a lot of stories about this out there. You know, like me, uh, for example, uh, working with the Jazz Listen, I got the vaccine, uh, you know, in spring. I, I got it really the first uh, uh, opportunity I had to get it. But the Jazz um, ended up mandating for the company that uh, everybody get vaccinated. And I'll tell you what, if if I felt my job was on the line, I'm doing it, you know? It's it's tough to have your arm twisted in that way, but it's also what you've got to do to, to exist and continue. And if somebody puts it to you like that, it's this or else. There are a few people out there who actually have the luxury to select or else. And so I guess Kyrie Irving is going the or, or else route. And, hey, he's made a, a ton of money, and he certainly can afford it. I mean, good on him if he can afford missing uh, whatever it is, $300,000 per game. I mean, that's that's really something. But uh, not many people have that luxury to go the or else route. And uh, in this case, it's really going to complicate what could be a championship run from the Brooklyn Nets. So I think the Nets have got to move them. And – I don't think they can or will just sit on him for the season. Why would you do that? Plus, because he's not with the team and it's probably uh, impacting and rubbing teammates the wrong way, can you really bring him back anyway after if life goes back to normal? I mean, could you really bring him back then that he's just going to not be with the team this whole season? I don't think he can do it. I think I think this is one last nudge to Kyrie Irving saying, listen, we all, like like Mark said right there, we all got to pull in the same direction. This is what we got to do. It's not my fault. Blame Bill de Blasio or whoever's the governor of New York these days. You know, the, send him a letter. Write your congressman. I don't know what to tell you, but we can't have a player that's only here part-time because they can't. 
And that's not fair to the team. It's not fair to everybody else uh, in that building who's working toward the goal of, of winning a championship. And it's unfortunate that because the team is located in Brooklyn, New York, that they're under the circumstances that they are, and it's going to force the team and Kyrie Irving's hand. But that's it. That's it. So doesn't look like he's going to do it. I think this is one last nudge in that direction because the Nets are hoping to work it out. But... I would guess the more time now that goes by without uh, hearing from Kyrie Irving, the more likely it is that the Brooklyn Nets are going to have to move him. And it would be really, really interesting to see what kind of market is out there for for Kyrie Irving, who has has certainly not been the easiest player to deal with over the years. And, uh, you know, at some points he's been worth it, but uh, there's two teams in Cleveland and Boston that, uh, you know, I suppose, made a mutual decision with Kyrie that uh, they were going to part ways. Of course, he left Boston as a free agent and uh, Cleveland traded him. But, um, yeah, I wonder what team is is willing to really uh, go out there and and invest a lot of capital in acquiring Kyrie Irving. So... Uh, I don't know. It's this is this is a bad spot, but Brooklyn is by far the Magic Vegas predicting Wizards favorite to win the NBA title. But I don't know if you could say that if they're missing uh, an All Star. That's tough. All right, uh, it is the big show. Uh, Jake Scott with you right here on ninety-seven five and twelve eighty the zone. Coming up right around the corner, we are going to talk to the one, the only. David James, uh, of course, you hear David every single morning with uh, Patrick Kinahan, 6 to 10, right here on The Zone Sports Network. DJ is going to jump on with us coming up next. Don't forget Mason Wake at 4, Bowler at 5. Uh, Cole Fotheringham is going to join the show at 5.30. Jumping on with us now, he's uh, in studio. He's our friend Chase from Smart Rain. What's up, Chase? How's it going, Jake? Good. Digging the green day. Thanks for yeah, choosing right. our... Thanks it's, for, it's appropriate, right? Given uh, you know our green initiative and... Yeah, it works, that. right? <laughs> it's, it's good. Well, let, let's talk about it because budgets, right, are, are a thing right now as you're looking forward into the new year, 2022. There's probably a lot of property managers or people that deal with, uh, with uh, irrigation uh, out there who might uh, want to listen up because they could save some dough. Yeah, so one one thing that our, our CEO kind of tasks us with is is doing a save now, pay later kind of initiative. And so whether they want to implement controls now or in the spring, whenever the budget becomes available, you know, that's when we'll, we'll invoice or, or whatever you want to talk about. But, you know, 2022 budget planning is going on now or it's going to start in January. And so we we worked out a deal with, with the president and the CEO that we want to actually offer to Zone listeners um, while we're here, free controllers awesome. um, with a paid subscription. So whether you need a Wi-Fi or a cellular connection, um, you know, for the controller, there's no limit for any property, and uh, you know this will help with with planning for for spring next year. And we're happy to help. So doing the hardware for free, the controller itself. <clears throat> That's yeah, a sweet deal. It's, it's incredible. I mean, we, the controller retails for about twenty three fifty, and so we're gonna give those away. And uh, for anybody that signs up today, they can go online, talk with our salespeople there, or give us a call. You know what I love about that? You're willing to get these controllers in the hands of folks because you know it works, and you yeah. know they're gonna like it, and you know they're gonna be in business with you for a long time. And that's the other thing. We stand behind our product 100%. We have a lifetime warranty with it. And, um, you know, talking with our, our present CEO, if, if we don't save you money or and water, you know, within the time frame of you using our controller, return it. And, and we'll take care of it for you. 
guys are pretty confident. That's we calling your confident. shot. You don't hear the words lifetime warranty very much anymore. That's that's not a thing. Yeah, it's it doesn't exist, and and we stand behind our product and our, our software 100. percent That is and so it's cool. water management software, you know, and that's and um, and hardware. So so you're going to be doing some good. You're going to be saving water. Drought is here. It's going to be here, but at the same time, you're making life easier and saving money. Yeah, and and one of the thing that's that's really unique is you know we have a dedicated account manager for every single client that that we have, so we help somewhat monitor their the properties, and we do live trainings, in person trainings, whether it's here in Utah or out of state. So. Awesome! All right, get started at SmartRain.net. That's SmartRain.net, or simply call eight seven seven three four six thirty three thirty three. 877-346-3333, SmartRain, SmartRain.net. Thanks, Chase. Thanks, Jake. All right, DJ joins us next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.